Hi, I'm Bob. And I'm Cheryl. Welcome to Digging Deeper, brought to you by California Unearthed. Today's episode, we're going to get a little more personal with Cheryl and I. I had an occurrence happen this week that just kind of blew my mind. It doesn't really have anything to do with California history, but I will throw some historical California facts in here just to make it relate. Have you ever heard of the term serendipity? No. All right. Well, I pulled up the definition of it, and so So I'm going to have you read what the word serendipity means. It means the occurrence and development of events by chance in a happy or beneficial way. That's what we're going to talk about today as it relates to myself and possibly to Cheryl, if she can think of something that uh, is serendipitous. Now I'm really interested because I have no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) This week, I've been doing some genealogical research on my daughter's boyfriend's family. Uh, We are real good friends. My daughter and her boyfriend have been dating for about four years now. And his mother and I have become very good friends, almost like family. She asked me to do her family history, in which Cheryl's actually been a part of here recently. We talked about that, I believe, in one of the other episodes. Yes, So I've been doing some genealogical history with her. Come to find out that Cheryl is related to her by marriage through the Indian side, the Native American side of the boyfriend's mother's family. And I'm not going to say her name just to protect her and the family and all that. What should we call her? Sarah. All right, Sarah. So her name's Sarah. And I'm not going to say my daughter's name or the boyfriend's name either. Uh, So we'll name my daughter Lily. And the boyfriend will be... James. James. Sarah and I have been working on our family history. And there was a revelation this week that just kind of blew my mind, blew both of our minds. It was absolutely incredible. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. So I got to give some back history on this whole thing. And so what I mean by serendipity is I believe things happen for a reason. There isn't just a chance meeting or a chance happening. There could be, but for for me personally, I believe things happen for a reason. Me living where I do, there's a reason for for it. My entire life, I lived in Southern California until I was in high school or graduated high school. And then I left uh, for some personal reasons to get out of my grandmother's situation. I wanted to get out of that situation. So I left and came up to the Shasta County area where my aunt was living. And funny thing is the only reason my aunt was living here in Redding, California, was because she broke down here in a vehicle traveling traveling through town and she broke down and she ended up staying here. My cousin Ken has all the details to that. Maybe one of these days we'll get him in here and he can explain that entire story. But for the most part, she broke down here in Redding on her way back to Southern California from, I believe, Oregon, Washington area. And she stayed here. This is early 1980s. And throughout the 80s, I came up here from Orange County to visit with my grandparents. I came up to visit with my cousin who was working in Southern California at the time. And he'd come up and see his mother and his brother, my cousin. And I would join him. He would let me drive up I-5 when I didn't have a license. I was like 15, 14 years old. (laughs) (laughs) 
And he basically taught me how to drive on the Interstate 5. Every time I would come up here, there was always that dread of leaving. <laughs> I always felt really, really sad when I left here. I guess you could make that as I was sad because I was leaving my aunt and my cousins because the first five years of my life, I basically grew up with them. And so I guess you could you could say that maybe I was just sad because I was leaving my family members, but it happened every time. I'd always kind of look in the back window longing to want to stay. It was just kind of a, a weird feeling. And then when I would get home and Southern California, my bed would face, the head of the bed would face north. And I always kind of thought, well, that's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm heading, my head is heading north to where my family is in, in Shasta County. Well, let's fast forward. I graduate high school. I wanted to get out of my situation, you know. And so I, I leave for, for Reading and move up here. And then we moved my grandparents up here a couple of years later. Basically, my only ties to Southern California are my cousins who were living down there at the time. I'm now living here in 1990 and I'm working, going to school, figuring out life as a, you know, teen year old, 20 year old would do. And I start thinking about my father. And you guys need to understand, I didn't grow up with a father. I never knew my father. He left when I was, I think think less than a year old and I never knew him. I grew up with stories about him. My mother would tell stories about him. They went and visited Fireball and that he was part Native American. His name was Glenn. She went to high school with him. She would show me his picture in the high school annual. And so I knew a little bit about him and not, not a whole lot, just some small details. And when I was in high school, I asked my grandmother about it and she basically flipped out, just flipped out. Didn't want to talk about it. They were all telling me that they did a DNA test and that he wasn't my father. So you got to think about 1971, DNA tests were not that accurate. No. <laughs> I mean, paternal DNA tests were not that accurate. There's a red flag right there. I was told he was not my father. There was a different man was my father. I was like, all right, you might want to get a piece of paper and a pen and write some of this down because this is going to get a little confusing. <laughs> Fast forward, like I said, to Reading and a few years I'm, I'm living here. I decide, well, the internet is new. It's, you know, 1994-ish and we're all trying to figure out this new thing called the internet and what we can possibly do on it. And I thought, well, maybe I could start searching for this guy who supposedly is my father. I was I have a first name and a last name and possible area where he may be living. Well, it takes a couple of years and I end up finding him and I find out that I have a half sister who was born a year after I was. I was born in 1971. She was born in 1972. I decide, all right, well, I'm going to start doing some research and uh, figure out if this guy's actually my father or not. And I'm skipping over a lot of details. I mean, if you guys want to hear the complete story on how I found him, let me know and I'll do a podcast on that complete story. But I'm trying to get to where we're going to talk about in this podcast, the serendipitous moments of life. 
And uh, I'm just giving you guys a backstory at this point so you understand where we're going to go here. We do a DNA test. We find out that he actually is my father, 99.99%, my biological father. That would be pretty accurate. Yeah. So all the rumors I was told as a teenager were false. And the question is, is why? Right. You know, why would my grandmother lie about that sort of thing? I don't understand. And according to my aunt, who is my father's sister she was telling me a story the same kind of story that they had my grandmother said they had a paternity test done and it came out that uh, he was not my father and so they were basically off the hook and according to my aunt that broke her heart that broke my grandmother's heart on my dad's side because they all knew what the truth was Right. So I decided, well, I'm going to start doing some, and this is where this serendipitous stuff starts coming into play right here. I started doing the research on my dad's side once I found out that I was biologically his son. I started doing some research on my dad's side of the family because I know nothing, absolutely nothing. And my dad and my aunt have some information, but not a whole lot. And lo and behold, there's Ancestry.com. And FamilySearch.org and Family Tree and all these other, you know, family tree websites that you can get into. Mm -hmm. I know Cheryl's gotten into them. Yep. And so I started doing some research. And I find out that my grandfather on my dad's side lived here in Reading in 1950, 1951. And that blew me away. I was like, wait a minute, what? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. My grandfather lived here in Reading? You know, we're all from Southern California. You know, he's originally from Tennessee, but he moved to Southern California. And then obviously he came to Reading at one point. At that point, he was divorced from my grandmother and he married another woman woman here in Reading. I actually have the marriage certificate. Cheryl went with me to go get that at the courthouse. Mm -hmm. And then come to find out that they had a child, Ralph, born here in Reading. And I have his birth certificate from the courthouse. They also lost a child here in Reading. There was a house fire where my grandfather went in to try to save the baby, but wasn't able to. The fire happened at, at midnight, one in the morning. They were all asleep. And when they got out, they realized that the baby was still in the nursery. And so he ran in to go save him and was unsuccessful and ended up getting third degree burns on both arms, his face, other parts of his body, trying to rescue this child. But it doesn't stop there. Uh, I dig further and further into the research and I'm asking myself, why in the world is my grandfather in Redding, California of all places? Yeah, because being originally from Tennessee. Right. Originally from Tennessee and then moving to Southern California during the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression. At that point, a lot of people, thousands of people were leaving the Midwest. They were leaving Tennessee, Oklahoma to come to California because of the Great Depression and because of the Dust Bowl that was happening at the time for a better life. And my grandfather was a sharecropper. You know what a sharecropper is? A little bit. So a sharecropper is basically somebody who doesn't own the land but they work the fields. So basically they like plant the crop, harvest the crop, sell the crop, and then take part of the profits of that to pay the landowner to be able to use their land. Okay, that's 
Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and so that's what he was doing in Southern California, down in the Banning Beaumont area, where actually a friend of ours lives today. So that's what he was doing. And so I was wondering, like I said, and like Cheryl says, what was he doing in Reading? So I do some more research and come to find out that his aunt, my great-grandmother's sister, and her husband moved here to Trinity County, where Cheryl is from. Mm-hmm. And actually up to Hayfork, where Cheryl is from, and owned a gold mine up there. And they were mining gold in Hayfork in Trinity County in the 1930s. So they had moved from Tennessee, Oklahoma area to Trinity County of all places. And if you guys know Trinity County and know Hayfork, uh, Hayfork is a very, very small town even today. Yes, it is. And so for them to move from Oklahoma to Trinity County is incredible. It's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's like, what was the draw? Yeah, exactly. Well, obviously, it's gold. Well, gold, but yeah, I mean, but the gold rush had already pretty much ended in Trinity County, so it's like... Right, so yeah, once again, what was the draw then to move to Hayfork, of all places? From what I understand, their stay in Hayfork was very short. They then moved to Redding, which is about 50, 60 miles from Hayfork east. And so Redding sits right on the I-5 corridor, where Hayfork is just to the west of it, like I said, about 50, 60 miles. So I'm thinking that my grandfather came to Redding because of his aunt being here. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And so looking into it, I have more cousins and family members here in Redding than I ever realized. I still have family members here in Redding I don't even know, have no clue who they are. But I also know that I have quite a few who were buried in two local cemeteries. I want to say at least eight or nine Hmm. that are buried in local cemeteries here in town. Yeah. Or two of the local cemeteries. And my daughter, Lily, and I were fortunate enough to meet one lady who was our cousin. And she was 97 at the time that we met her. Wow. And she's a she's a really cool lady. Really, really cool. And so we got to meet her. Unfortunately, she has passed on by now. But uh, we did get to meet her and have pizza with her and get to hear some stories, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So that was, that was kind of neat. But here's where it starts getting a little on the weird side. And you would think that me being here in Redding and my grandfather being here, my aunt, and I'm originally from Southern California, and my aunt just breaking down here in town and mm-hmm. then just staying here, it's all part of this plan I think that works out so we're gonna say that what four years ago my daughter and James James end up meeting so Lily put a picture of a gun on Facebook and James liked it and somehow they got together and started dating and that was four years ago so let's fast forward to this last week so this last week Sarah and I are doing some genealogical work on her family and she is showing me the familysearch.org website and she is telling me that she's making connections with all these people that she knows and some of them end up being related to her like friends of hers oh wow which you know really isn't that odd this being a small town right a small area. community yeah small community stuff like you know it's not that big of a deal I don't see anything big in that really alright small community more than likely you guys are going to be related somehow and so I start looking at this website thinking to myself alright I'm going to play with this a little bit figure out what she's doing and I couldn't figure it out so I went to her house and I asked her I said, how are you getting to this view relationships part of this website? I, I 
can't find it. It's very unuser friendly. And so she shows it to me and she goes, all right, well, let's just type in your dad's name and I'll show you how to do this. I was all right, cool. So she types in my dad's name and we find him because he's passed on now and it works best with people who have passed on. And so she finds it and she shows me, you click on this. So you click on this family tree icon here and it pulls up his name and then underneath his name, it says view tree, then view relationship button. So she clicks on the view relationship. Next word out of her mouth were, oh, I know exactly what that meant as soon as she said it. She said, oh, but I had to ask. What do you mean, oh? Apparently we're related. (laughs) 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 What? (laughs) What do you mean? Well, apparently you and I are related. It goes a ways back, but we have family members that are related. I'm like, so I, I'm looking at it going, okay, she goes, do any of these names sound familiar? Hartgraves. Oh my God. That's my great, great grandfather, Sherman Hartgraves. I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess we are related then. <laughs> so James comes home and we tell him and his, his response was, what? Wait, what? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little bit of a shocker. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a shocker. I wasn't expecting that. I was like, oh my gosh, holy crap. And let me get, let me tell you, this relationship is way, way back. I mean, it's like 1600s. Yeah, so it's like generations. Yeah, it's 10 generations back. But still, it's still there. And it uh, is just kind of funny. And uh, I thought, well, you know, hey, everybody's all, re- we're all related. At some, at some point, we're all related. Mm-hmm. Well, then I get on the phone with my cousin in Southern California, who's also into genealogy and, and doing family searches and stuff. And so I was explaining to her how to use this familysearch.org view relationship tab. And so I was kind of walking her through it as I was working on the computer myself. And I said, all right, well, you put in the name and then you hit this, this, and this. Well, I said, well, so let me just punch in Sarah's dad's name because he's deceased. And so I punch in his name thinking I was going to get the same results that she got because that was the same line right well his name doesn't pop up but this other lady or this lady's name pops up emily with the last name i said okay well it's the same last name I've done a lot of research on that last name. And so I look up her parents. Okay, I recognize those names. So I click on that little family tree icon and click on uh, view relationship, thinking I'm going to get the same results that Sarah got. No, I got totally different results. That's interesting. Yeah, but get this. They're from the other side of Sherman Hartgraves. Really? So what I mean by that is Sherman Hartgraves' wife, my great-grandmother, two times great-grandmother, grandmother it was her line oh so if that's confusing to you let me make it real simple my two times great grandparents sherman and lillian were related how they were cousins oh so i am related to sarah down two different lines of the family Okay. Not just one, but two. So my two times great-grandparents who were married were related. They probably had no clue because like I said, yeah, this happened back in like the 1600s. So Sarah and I are ninth cousins twice removed. (laughs) I cannot figure that out myself. Mm -hmm. Ancestry told me that. (laughs) Okay. Because I can never understand that. Yeah, no, either can I. So what I did is I worked on Sarah's family tree. I lined it all out. And then I lined it all out on my family tree. And that's how I came up with the nine times cousin twice removed. And it's, so basically Sarah and I share 10 times great grandparents. 
Wow. It's William Pickens or Perkins. William Perkins and I believe Mary. I don't have it right in front of me, but I believe it's, I know it's William. And William or Elizabeth Perkins are the 10 times great grandparents that we share together. Okay. So their son, William, is Sarah's relationship, and their daughter, Elizabeth, is my relationship. Okay. Still confusing, but... (laughs) It is. It really is. But like I said, you could maybe understand one line, maybe, but two? Yeah, that's very strange. That is very strange. So that's where this serendipitous moment comes in, is I believe there's a reason why Sarah and I know each other. Yeah. You know, obviously, Lily and James dating, that's how we know each other. Mm-hmm. But there is a reason for this. Right. And it, it happens, it goes all the way back to my aunt breaking down here in Reading in the 1980s. Right. Was it a coincidence? That's it. Is <laughs> it a coincidence or is it fate? Right. I believe it's there's some fate in there. I believe that there's some sort of power bringing people together. Yeah, my... I agree with that. And so there's a reason you and I have been brought together in this world. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why you and I have remained friends mm-hmm. for, what, 16 years now? Yeah, 16, 17 years now. We don't know what that is, but there's a reason for it. Right. It's just odd. That is. It really is odd. It's, was, it, it's, it's also mind-blowing, too, because, you know, I mean, there's so many people in this world. Right. I was just going to say that. I was sitting in here last night thinking about it, and I just shrugged it off as, yeah, you know, it was the late 1600s, middle 1600s, Massachusetts. There wasn't a lot of people here in the, in the colonies at the time. Obviously, that's going to be, you know, fairly simple that we're all kind of related somehow. Right. It was so far back well think about how many people are in the world today yeah billions billions and then how many people were in the world in the middle to late 1600s yeah millions even still and so for two of us to find each other in this big giant world that we live in right and then find out that we're related is pretty spectacular that is It, it really is and like you said, it's mind-blowing, mm-hmm. you know? And a lot of people, I don't know if the listener either believes or doesn't believe in this stuff. A lot of you are probably saying, ah, that's just a coincidence, you know? There's no no outer power or whatever involved in it. It's just coincidence. In which it might be, but personally, I believe there's uh, something out there that draws people together. Absolutely. And the thing I thought about for you, Cheryl, was your, was it your uncle on the car side? of your dad's family mm-hmm. marrying the the victim of the uh, Oak Bottom ambush. Right. How, how weird is that? Yeah. I mean, that's that's an odd occurrence. Yes. I mean, could that have been just, you know, happenstance? Right. I don't know. That one, I, don't, I can't explain that one. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, Cheryl's, well, I guess it was the great. great uncle, mm-hmm. on her dad's side, married a woman who was part of a murder on her mother's side some 50, 60, 70 years before. Mm-hmm. And these people got married when they were older. Older, yeah, much older. Yeah, much older in age. But it's just kind of odd that her father's side and her mother's side connected. Right. And they're from way two different places. Yeah. Her father's side is from where? In Oregon. Yeah. And then your mother's side is from? Trinity County. Right. Yeah. So hundreds of miles apart. Yeah. 
Interesting. That is very interesting. It and makes then, you wonder. <laughs> right, right. And then, and then why was why was your great uncle here in Shasta County at the time? Was it because you said you didn't know about him? Right. We had, I had no clue about him. Never heard his name spoken through the family. Right. And so he was in Anderson, obviously not because of you guys, but why else, you know? And then right. This other one, his wife grew up after the ambush grew up in the bay area yeah and then she ends up back here in redding in her older years Older years yeah that could be a little more understood because she still has family members up here mm-hmm. you know a lot of family members so i can understand that one a little bit more than your uncle right in here so it's very interesting any other thoughts that you have that maybe that you have thought of when I was telling this story, other incidences in your life that you can think of? Not really. No odd occurrences or odd connections? Well, no, I mean, just like what we spoke to in the in one of the other podcasts, but... Right. And I'm not the only one. My cousin in Southern California, she has been telling me some stories that, on how she met her husband, and they're very, very odd as well. Uh, when she met him for the very first time, there was like an immediate attraction like she had known him for years and she'd been telling me these other things over the last couple of days like when she was going to Chicago when she was working for her dad's uh, tool company she had this feeling as if I need to go to Chicago with my dad I need to go Mm. I don't know why but I need to go well come to find out her husband was living in Chicago at the time Hmm. unknowingly to both of them they didn't know each other they had no clue who they were he was living in Chicago at the time and and her husband grew up in Los Angeles, didn't come to Orange County very little, if at all. He didn't know really much about Orange County at all. And they just happened to have a mutual friend. That's why they were at the same party together. Oh. And there's other incidences that happen with those two that are really odd and really weird. And you can't really explain them except for serendipity. Yep. And I'm sure a lot of you have moments like that as well. And if you do, put them in the comments down below of this podcast. What is your serendipitous moment of life? Or if you have more than one. I think I've had more than one, but right off the top of my head, I can't really think. But I know that you know, I've had incidents, you know situations it's like this is just odd i mean this was just seems like it was meant to be right you just get that feeling but i ha- I've, I've had so many moments like that that it's kind of hard to pinpoint just one <laughs> well no and that's definitely definitely true and unless you sit and think about it it's kind of hard and i've actually like i said had some time as i'm working on ancestry.com and working on my tree working on sarah's tree to think about this stuff and to sit here and go through through these two lines I've only done one line I haven't done the second line yet because that one line took me hours and hours and hours to enter all the names make all the connections and be able to do it on both trees was Mm -hmm. just exhausting yeah that that takes a toll (laughs) yeah when you're working on websites like ancestry.com or familysearch.org or any of them the thing you have to remember is they're not a hundred percent accurate all the family trees that these websites are pulling from people like you and i are creating those family trees and of course we're all human we 
make mistakes and not a lot of people really research the names that they put on their trees and so sometimes those trees are incorrect i found a lot of information that was incorrect in a lot of different areas of trees so you have to be real careful so when i say that i worked hours and hours to get this first line on sarah's tree and on my tree i mean i went through and made every connection that was on screen and went through and checked all the documents and triple checked all the documents to make sure that those children belonged to those parents and those two parents were the same parents that belonged to those children. It's a lot of work. And so when I did it for Sarah and I and verified that first line, that really was a lot of work just to verify that first line. And like I said, double checking and making sure that all that information is correct. So it's not just entering names and saying that this person belongs to that person and that belongs to that person and then all of a sudden you're related. There's a whole lot more to it than just that. I'm just making it sound super simple here. And so I haven't done the second line, but I have photographs of all the uh, screenshots of all the uh, the connections to be able to make that, that uh, line happen. Well, we're definitely going to have to go on that site because Robert and I always joke that somehow we're going to find out that we're related at some point. Well, because we both share Scottish heritage. Uh, we are both from different clans in Scotland. And so we always joke, you know, about that. So it'll be interesting to to do that and see what pops up. Yeah, my clan kicked your clan's ass. Yeah, we all know that the Campbells were <laughs> badasses. So just saying. <laughs> Whatever. You think what you want. No, nah, she's right. She's right. It, it's just funny. Um, and who knows? Yeah. Who, you never know. Who knows? In this world, there's... You know, how many people claim Irish and Scottish ancestry and you just don't know who you're related to or who you're not related to. Right. I'm all about family and connections. And so now that uh, Sarah and I know that we are related, even though it's so far back and we're only ninth cousins twice removed. I mean, we're barely even related, really. (laughs) But on the other hand, that's that's pretty cool to think about. Yeah, exactly. And I know what everybody's thinking. My daughter daughter her boyfriend are related (laughs) (laughs) they're kissing cousins whatever (laughs) no it's so far out that it's not (laughs) but it's still funny (laughs) oh yeah i'm still gonna joke about it yeah it is so far out that it's not even yeah no but you don't think i'm not gonna give him a hard time oh yeah of course you are fun of it so i know there wasn't a whole lot of California history in this podcast, but you know, it doesn't always have to be. That's true. But there's a lot of genealogical stuff in this one. And mm-hmm. so I just kind of wanted to get that out there. I thought it was kind of a, a cool thing to talk about and a really, really odd and weird experience. And hopefully I was able to explain it well enough for all of you to understand. If I didn't, I apologize, but uh, hopefully I did. Did you? get that no i understood it it was some, it, it can get a little confusing but yeah. you just have to kind of really think about it and like oh okay then the light bulb goes off right right just to recap it goes from my aunt breaking down here in reading and deciding to stay to me moving up here finding out that my grandfather lived up here my great aunt lived up here that i have relatives to this day that i don't know that live here in the mm-hmm. area and actually i think one of them is uh works at the mormon church 
church as a uh, genealogical researcher. Oh, okay. So I know where one of them works. But it goes from that to me finding out that my daughter's boyfriend's related to us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a breakdown of it. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm sure that you guys have gotten your pen and paper and are looking over all your notes going, what the hell is going on? (laughs) (laughs) So that's it for this episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it and hopefully it wasn't too awful confusing for you. We'll get back to our regular scheduled programming next week. And stay tuned for next week. I think we're going to have a really cool episode. We're going to talk about Preston Castle. Mm, Okay. Have you ever heard of Preston Castle? Yes, but I don't know much about it. Well, you're going to learn about it next week. Okay. Stay tuned. (laughs) 